What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode four of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I'm joined today by my co-host, Zach Rolf. Uh, How are things going down in Corning, Elmira area, Zach? Not too bad. Busy, busy, busy. (laughs) Just started practicing yesterday up at uh, Corning, sort of, you know, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're in the same boat up north and uh, trying to find practices here and there. Obviously, competitions are few and far between but you know obviously we got to travel to to, to uh, compete so it's not bad right um let's uh get into some college talk here um talking about a few of the division one matches that we uh that i talked about last week um over the weekend down in binghamton binghamton picked up a win 27 to 7 or 27 to 20 over rider excuse me uh at 125 Binghamton's Micah Rose. He's a freshman. He made a successful college debut, picking up a fall over redshirt senior uh, Jonathan Trope. Um, that was a solid debut and a nice start to the match for the Bearcats. But uh, you know Micah, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's wrestled with me in the offseason quite a bit. Um, really great kid. It, man, was it fun to watch that match? It, it was kind of crazy. He ended up going down four two in the first period and uh, decided to wake up after that. Uh, ended up getting a couple takedowns, got a turn in the second period, and uh, ended up putting him away at the end of the third with one second to go. Uh, I got I got pretty fired up after that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know Micah as well. Uh, he went to Lowville. I mean, I, I kind of watched Micah growing up and through the youth leagues and whatnot that we have up north, and uh, he's actually been to the Bears, uh, Bears Den um, practicing over the summer up here in Governor, so – yeah, I was awesome, excited. Awesome. For, yeah, I was excited for him to you know pick up that win, and it was definitely a nice start for the duel. Yeah, um, and, and that kid, that kid was uh, ranked top twenty-five in the country by Track Wrestling, uh, Andy Hamilton. Yep, I, I saw it. Hamilton had him ranked, which is big. Um, you know, he's a retro senior. Obviously, Mike was a true true freshman, so I mean that was a, a big uh, task for him. But you know, he got it done. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, at one thirty-three, uh, Anthony Sabacher of Binghamton. With a nice headlock and pin over uh, Riders Richie Kohler in the first period, he took no time to get that uh, pin out of the way, and uh, you know back-to-back falls for the Bearcats really picked up the momentum. They just kind of took off from there. I mean, uh, the mo- like you said, the momentum kept going, especially at the next match. It was a real close one. Go ahead if you want to. No, yeah, go ahead. Talk about Zach. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, it was it was really weird. I mean, uh, to be honest, Zach didn't look his best, and you could tell at the end of the match he kind of looked up at his coaches, trying to shake in his head, like he knew that wasn't his best performance. Um, he kept making some sloppy mistakes and just kind of let the kids stay in the match. Ended up just pulling it out six four. Yeah, so that's uh, we're talking about Zach Trampe. Uh, he's one hundred forty one pounds for the Bearcats. He is ranked by Flow in the country at one thirty three. I don't know if like the move up to 41, you know, just knocking the rust off um, or, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a big deal going up to 141, but maybe um, he just wasn't, obviously he wasn't happy with his performance, but maybe it's just the first match jitters. I don't know. That would be, I mean, the, the weight adjustment's always different when you go up in a weight class and, and, you know, he doesn't have like a traditional body type, right? I mean, he's real long and lanky yeah. and uh, makes stuff, you know, when you go up weight classes, that long and lankiness gets a little more harder to use when the guys are a little bit stronger than they were down down to 33. Yeah. Uh, so they kept the momentum rolling after that match, and Binghamton's Michael Zarif pulled a close 8-7 to seven win over Wyatt McCarthy of Ryder. Um, last year, Zarif was 2-12 and 12 on the year, uh, so starting with a win in a swing match was huge for himself and the Bearcats. Yeah, that was another another weird-ish match. I mean, he uh, it was 7-7 seven, seven going into the third, and the escape kind of put him ahead and did a really good job hand-fighting and staying in a really good position and, you know, not just backing up and letting the refs get in the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at 165, the Bearcats picked up a win with freshman Brevin Casella. Um, he decisioned Jake Silverstein of – Another New guy. Three to two, yeah, a Hawpaw guy, I believe, right? Yeah, down from yep. the island, yeah. Yep, down in the island. And uh, the last win for Binghamton in the duel was at 184. Uh, Louis Dupre won by fall over George Walton. Uh, Louis just a beast. I'm excited He's to so watch good. him. Yeah. Love watching that guy compete. Yeah. Uh, so one of their bonus matches that they highlighted was uh, 149, Tyler Martin. 
He uh, registered his first collegiate victory, earning a five to three decision over Travis Layton. Um, so some of the New York starters, uh, well, the New York starters in the match were, again, as mentioned, at 125, Michael Rose, 133, Anthony Sabaker, 149, Michael Zarif, 174, Alex Melican, 184, Louis Dupre, 197, Sam Dupre, and 285, Colin Burns. So Binghamton uh, starts their season 1-0, and they will host Long Island University this Thursday at 7 p.m. You had a few uh, highlighted matches, um, Micah Rose versus Bryce Cockrell and Drew Witham versus Zach Trampa. Yeah, those might be a little biased for my excitement. Yeah, no, <laughs> Obviously, excited. Drew wrestled for me and Micah, Micah wrestled with us in the offseason. But um, I actually I, I was talking to Drew about about the duel, and he thinks that Micah and, uh, and Bryce Cockrell is going to be a really good matchup coming up on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, he would know. So that's awesome. I'm excited for Thursday's match. Yeah, and uh, – I'm not sleeping on Drew knocking off his first ranked guy. I mean, again, I'm biased, but you know, yeah, make I'll it happen. On it. Yeah, are they allowing uh, spectators at Binghamton or? No, we tried. Yeah, <laughs> we were stinks. gonna have a good little contingent going up, but uh, we got denied. Yeah, that stinks. So uh, next, we'll head west to University of Buffalo. Uh, the one and zero Bulls were supposed to host Cleveland State this past Sunday. But according to an update on Mac's website, there was a COVID-related issue in the Bulls program, so that the match was canceled. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so Buffalo, they're supposed to host Gannon on Thursday. And as mentioned, uh, I didn't even mention oh. this uh, yet, but Binghamton um, is supposed to – or they're supposed to travel to Binghamton on Sunday. Again, I'm not sure if those two matches will go on. I'm not sure what the uh, the COVID issues were, if it was just a contact tracing thing and they were under I believe Buffalo was taken off of that because they were supposed to be Buffalo, Binghamton, and LIU in a tri-meet, I believe. Oh, really? And I believe Buffalo, because when I last looked before the COVID stuff happened with Cleveland State, Buffalo was no longer on, on the schedule for that. So I don't know what changed, but um, yeah, I don't believe they're supposed to be there. Yeah, because I don't know if I saw it on Buffalo's schedule, but I did see it on Binghamton's, um, which – I think when I did the first episode last week, Binghamton's schedule wasn't even out. So I think at this point in the stage, teams are kind of just going, you know, winging it as far as. Right. I mean, how many times? I mean, uh, Gardner Webb's picked up like three dual meets in the last week just because teams kept having to cancel duels. And like, hey, I need somebody. And Gardner Webb's like, put me in. Yeah. I saw that <laughs> on Twitter as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but I guess if we do, ex if we do see the Binghamton versus Buffalo showdown, um, we might be in for a treat at 149 or 141 where nationally ranked Derek Spann of the Bulls and Binghamton Zach Trampe, um, as I mentioned, nationally ranked, uh, will square off. Again, Trampe is ranked 20 at 133 and Spann is ranked 17th at 141. So uh, if they do wrestle, um, that's a match to look forward to, but I don't I see know. a lot of riding time or no riding time because they're both going to ride each other the entire time. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like I mentioned, Spann had over four minutes in his first match of the year. Um, I'm actually trying to work with him right now to uh, get him on the show in the next uh, week or two. That'd be big. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So down at West Point, um, Army and LIU competed in a tournament-style matchup. There was uh, 12 matches. Um, there was no team score. Um, you mentioned the uh, duel was postponed. You obviously have an inside scoop, too. So you mentioned the duel was postponed a few times throughout the day. What went on there? Yeah, so the duel was originally supposed to take place at, at, at 2 o'clock. And uh, at, I don't know, around 11, 11 o'clock, they decided, hey, we got to postpone this. And um, I reached out to try to find out why. And I guess Army requires to do their own tests in order to come on campus. I don't know if it's like a special test or just they have to administer them um, to, make it, to make it official for them to be on campus. So they LIU took the tests on Monday. And come what Saturday Sunday I don't remember which day it was yeah but come that day you know the LIU's told yeah we don't have the results of your tests yet so you're gonna have to wait so at 11 o'clock they postponed it to five and they were like all right we'll try to get this done by then and it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back finally it was scheduled for seven and LIU was like we're just gonna have to leave with the five guys that can compete because they they had five guys previously test positive for COVID and those guys didn't have to get tested. So they were able to take five of the guys up to Army and uh, compete 
with just five. So they ended up doing the tournament round that way. It wasn't like a, a dual score with only five guys and five forfeits. Yeah. Um, I kind of talked a few days ago with John Clark and I, I mentioned he was going down to VMI to wrestle, but he said that like he would have to forfeit. I think he forfeited 197 and 285 because of COVID related issues. But, you know, he mentioned, and I even agreed, like, you're obviously, you're not going to let it just slide away and, you know, not have a match at all. And it was kind of beneficial for the army and LIU to have, you know, some matches, especially when you look at army's roster and they have got 50 guys on their roster. So, I mean, Holy they benefited crap. from I did not it. see that. <laughs> yeah, it's big, big roster. So the Black Knights are set to host Hofstra um, Saturday at 2 p.m. So hopefully uh, everything goes on there because next up, Hofstra, um, their match against Bucknell for this past Sunday was canceled. This makes a second match to be canceled on the year, uh, both stemming from COVID-related issues. As I mentioned, they were they're scheduled right now to travel north to West Point. Not sure what the plans are for that match yet, but if they do, uh, there's a fun potential matchup at 285 between number 17th ranked in the country, Ben Sullivan of Army, and number 22 of Hofstra, Zach Knightenward. Uh, they were both earned at-large bids for the NCAA season last last year, so that could be a good match. I know Knightenward's a fun guy to watch. Dude, he is so much fun to watch. Is, is he the one that broke his elbow in the state finals? No, he broke. Uh, well, he broke the other guy's elbow. He broke, the yeah, the others. Uh, what the heck's his name? Oh, man, I can't remember. Yeah, that's that stinks. That I forget. Um, but yeah, he, that was an insane. Ma- they were just throwing each other for six minutes. Yeah, because they're both eleven guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Or no, Uniondale. That's eight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's eight's Uniondale. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, th- I think they. Re- I thought they wrestled, uh, you know, earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, he broke his elbow and the other guy wanted to wrestle. It's stinks. He, he, he walks up and he's standing on the line with his elbow, he, like hanging off his arm and everybody ready to go. Center just, you know, Oh, it was, it was bad. Yeah. But the uh, Hofstra's starters, um, even though we haven't seen them yet are Dylan Ryder at 125, Vinny Vespa at 133, Ricky Stam at 165. Uh, they had their inner squad wrestle offs. Uh, Ricky beat Ross McFarland of Phoenix uh, three to one. Uh, that was mentioned. I, it was a pretty good match. And as I mentioned just a second ago, Zach Knightenward at 285, all four are New York guys. And further down on the island, we go to Long Island University. And as we mentioned, uh, Drew with him, you got to be excited to watch him to get, uh, getting in the lineup as a freshman and having a successful, um, you know, debut and successful outing down in Bucknell. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. He uh, his first match was the one we were most worried about because he ended up he was ended up wrestling another true freshman in Curtis Phipps from Bucknell, who was actually the PA state champ last year at 126 pounds. Um, he was ranked 75th in the country by Matt Scouts um, for this 2020 senior class. So it was pretty nice to see Drew go down and instantly make a big impact on somebody who was pretty highly ranked in his own class. Yeah, yep. Um, as I mentioned in the Army's uh, you know, preview, they are supposed to be wrestling army and a few of the starters on the long island university's team are or they did wrestle army but a few of the starters are drew with them at 141 chris gomez at 149 ryan farrow at 165 james lagan at 174 and tim nagoski at 285 uh, they will be traveling to binghamton thursday for a duel at 7 p.m um, as i mentioned zach's not invited to that I'm sad. I'm sad. So, <laughs> as I mentioned uh, on the first episode, we will be talking about the non-New York schools with, you know, New York guys on their team. Uh, Iowa State has Zach Redding at 133. He's starting for the Cyclones. Uh, he had a 9-7 win over D2 Wesley Dawkins of Nebraska Kearney. He was a runner-up in 2019, and he's a two-time AA. And he also had a win 7-4 over D3 Zach Light- Licht of Loris. Um, you know, Zach Redding, I was watching stalemate show with, uh, Zach Bogle. He interviewed Kevin Dresser in his van and, uh, you know, Dresser said some pretty nice things about Zach Redding and, and Zach Bogle, uh, stalemates. He said that, you know, he was excited to watch Redding because he, uh, went up there for the wrestle offs and, you know, Redding looked tough. So that's he had nice to wrestle the Ram is that and a tutors off, I think was the guy that came up, um, to Iowa state. Somehow they recruited one of the uh, international guys. 
he's really good in freestyle. So it's it's got to be it's got to be a good go in there for him to be knocking him off in the wrestle. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, down in Arizona State, the Sun Devils, Jacory Teamer at 157. He uh, lost six to two to Justin Thomas of Oklahoma. And we didn't mention this, but in the Ryder versus Binghamton match at 157, Jesse Delvecchia, uh, he's a former New York guy. He picked up the fall over Alexander Straczynski of the Bearcats. Uh, so that really wraps up the Division One coverage. And uh, now we'll get into the Spartan Combat RTC duel that went on on Friday night. Uh, what do you think of that duel? That was a lot of fun. You know, um, I had the pleasure of uh, getting a little bit of inside ahead of time. Um, Jimmy Overheiser, the head coach or the assistant coach down at Orion Hart University, um, sent me a text a couple of days beforehand. He goes, "Hey, I'm going to go coach against Rob Cole this weekend." And I was like, "You're what?" <laughs> so when uh, UNC went, they had their COVID issues. They had to kind of back out of the the duel that they had set up with Spartan Combat. Rob Cole just started calling around. Hey, I need to get these guys matches. Um, so he ended up getting matches uh, with some NAI guys, some D3 guys uh, down in Greensboro and a couple of Presbyterian guys too. Um, that, was a, that was a blast to watch just to kind of see those, those younger guys and those smaller divisions get an opportunity against guys from Cornell was, was pretty impressive to see. Um, to kind of break down the main card, Vito Rujal wrestled uh, Michael Kolioko and, Turns out Vito's really good at wrestling. <laughs> Don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. Um, you know, his in and out motion. And I think like uh, Cole called it his happy hands or the Vito hands. Vito hands. Yeah. Vito hands. Great. Yeah. So that was awesome. I mean, like his in and out motion, just so quick. He just proved that he was on another level, even though, yeah. you know, I knew he would probably win, but he just tore Kolioko apart. Uh, it yeah. It wasn't really close. Uh, what do you about the, what about the next match? What were your thoughts? Yanni, on that? Yanni and Ashnall. That was that was a massacre. I did not expect that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Yanni's good, and I expected Yanni to win, but 11-0 over Anthony Ashnall. Yeah. Not sure that was what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, in the preview, Ashnall said he was going to live on Yanni's legs, and you know, he, he might have touched it once, but. Not in I don't think he did. Yeah, he not even it. in on a shot he didn't. No. Yeah. Yanni just, I mean, the hand, the one thing that I saw that I think has been improved the most by Yanni is his hand fight. Yeah. Like he just, he kept pressure going forward. He did a really good job moving his hands. I mean, that's another thing Rob Cole pointed out, Yanni hands. I think they just decided to call it hands when whoever's wrestling. But <laughs> I agree. He just, he did a really nice job of keeping his hands on him, moving forward and, and winning that hand fight. And then, the two take the two of the takedowns he had were just beautiful. The the first takedown, he, it was like he hit, he went single, reattacked the other side single, and then popped his head out to a high crotch and finished on the edge. That was that was some beautiful technique. It was fun to watch. And then the the second takedown he had, it was like slow motion almost. Like I was like, how did that even work? And then Ashnell was just kind of on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like we're so used to seeing Yanni's defense. You know, we forget that. Like, he does have – I mean, I, th- I think people might have knocked him a little bit this year, like saying, you know, his offense not necessarily isn't there, but he just doesn't have really offense that he goes to. But, you know, he proved against Ashnall that he does. And, you know, yeah, his hands – like, every time Ashnall reached, his just snaps were just so heavy. And, yeah, he uh, he tore him apart, and it was awesome to watch. I'm a big – Yeah, I think, I think another thing that I've noticed from his improvement um, – and obviously I'm not a professional. I don't know everything, but – um, one thing he used to do a lot of is he just kind of take a shot and kind of get his hands locked. And he was really good at building up and working up and finishing that shot. But once he got to the, you know, to the U S open and, 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 you know, the senior level, he wasn't able to do that quite as often. And he, you're seeing him do a better job of kind of getting his hips underneath him and penetrating through his offense. And uh, it, it's clearly, <laughs> clearly shown, especially in that last match. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next match is Gabe. Uh, we can confirm that he's a large human, right? That is true. I mean, he didn't even look much smaller than Mike Mock. No. Am I wrong? I mean, I, th- no, I thought they looked pretty similar. Yeah, he's, I mean, they, yeah, there was definitely some, uh, a little bit size, but like, yeah, not no- noticeable or anything. You know, Gabe's just a thick dude. He's just a bear. Um, what would you think about that, that call, that the four and two? Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Um, I don't know. 
because like obviously Rob's Rob, but he kind of said, yeah, he stopped his mo like stopped him, but in a way, not really, you could kind of tell mock did. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I'm not a freestyle guy. I mean, I'm, I'm a freestyle guy, but not a, you know, a ref that could make that kind of call. Right. They, I, they go either way. I've just, I've never seen a four, two. Like, no. Usually you see two, two. Like if you see a situation where the offensive guy is taken towards his back, but then gets rolled through, you see two, two, you don't see four, two. So that was, that that was weird for me, but I mean, I'm not mad. The good guy won. So. <laughs> yeah, true. I like that too. I mean, I knew Gabe had to have a clean shot. Um, because Mox go behinds are pretty good. We've seen that. Yeah, you know, this for summer. Sure. Um, and he's and, large, so you don't want to get stuck underneath him. Yeah, no, that's true too. Of course, and uh, he he did have that nice one clean shot that he committed to, and you know he got the four out of it, whether it was four or not, or whatever we want to agree. But yeah, we're happy the right guy won. Well, you know our New York guy won, but right. Uh, I I I personally, I probably would. I probably don't think that call was right. If I'm if I'm being unbiased, I'd say it would probably be two two. Yeah. Um, but it worked out. So yeah, true. Uh, and then to finish off the, the the main card was Kyle getting the tech over McFadden. You know, is he, it just me or did Kyle look like he was just kind of sleeping? Yeah, he definitely didn't look. You know, because he does have that explosive, just you know, go and you, he could have probably finished it a lot quicker than he did. Um, no right. offense to McFadden, but you know, it was he, a nice warm up for his trip to France, I guess. Yeah, he just looked like he was just kind of trying to get a drill in almost like, and it, I'm not trying to disrespect David McFadden. He's a great wrestler, but like, if you're just watching it, he was kind of low. He was just kind of looked like he didn't care to be there. I mean, that, that head pinch attempt was not a Kyle Dick head pinch attempt. No, it, no, it, I agree. it was kind of slow. And, and, and cause if he wanted to, he would, he, yeah, he would have got the uh, exposure and whatnot out of that, but yeah, he, he didn't even really attempt at it. Um, but that was that card, you know, uh, the flow guys dominated or the uh, Cornell guys, Spartan RTC, rather, they dominated the main card. They went four for four. Uh, they had a good night, obviously, on the undercard, as we mentioned. Uh, that was Friday night. And into Saturday night, I, sh I should mention this. Uh, Brian Hazard was on the call with Rob Cole. Oh, my goodness. In North Carolina, nuts. Friday night. Uh, that was a comical kind of commentary. Um, and then he must have traveled and went to Austin, Texas for the flow card because – I believe I heard his voice on the flow card as well. Yeah, no, he was there. That was, I didn't, I heard him. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that? Yeah. That's There's no thought. way. He was just in North Carolina yesterday. And all yeah. of a sudden now he's down in Austin calling this match. And he was at the border war, border wars that journeyman had too. Um, you know, two weekend or weekend. Yeah. Two weekends ago. He's um, everywhere. He was up in, he was up at journeyman when I was up there too. Yeah. He's, he's awesome guy. He's, he's, uh, he's big. Uh, so talking about the flow card. Uh, what did you think of that? Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was it, it was awesome to see Adeline and Tamara headline a card because when they came out and said, hey, we got Burroughs and Taylor, and then a couple weeks later I said, and our co-main is Adeline and Tamara, I'm like, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Like that needs to be its own card. Like you could you could build a card around that one match. And it'd be successful. And I and I wish I had access to see what the numbers were on Sat uh, Friday night, because I'm willing to bet it was comparable to what they would have had with Burroughs and Dick or with Burroughs and Taylor on the card. Yeah, um, I I love the match too. I mean, it was kind of serendipitous that you know that match did get pulled DT versus JB um, because as you and I texted each other, uh, Mensa Stock and Adeline Gray, that that's that's a nice that's should be a headline match. And uh, yeah, that card did not disappoint. Not at all. Um, kind of going through it a little bit. Uh, I saw Mitch McKee take on Tristan Moran. I didn't think that would be super close. I know they've wrestled a lot of really close folk style matches, but um, Mitch McKee's freestyle experience is just, it's way higher than Tristan's at this point. So I did not, I thought that would go about the way it did. I agree. Um, you know, in the, um, Bumping up, I want. I like the. Uh, I like to see like some of those guys coming out of retirement too. Like not necessarily retirement, but you know, Matt McDonough came out and uh, he wrestled. I think he's wrestled in a few years. And uh, when Middlecheck, he came out and uh, he threw his shoes on and and went out there and wrestled. That might have been a poor decision. 
Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Nate Jackson he was amazing when he wrestled, but Nate Jackson's been wrestling every weekend for the last two months, pretty yeah. much. I was going to get into that um, as well. You know, Jackson's just – he's on this card. He's on that card. He's just everywhere. And, you know, Reese Humphrey, I think, said that he pretty much has a second home in Austin, Texas, or at his <laughs> gym that he lifts there before he gets his pre, uh, pre-match pump in. And uh, he's always there with, you know, Nate Jackson – wrestling on all these cards so uh that says a lot um what do we say hopping into flow's card that you know kind of got rescheduled for well tomorrow night yeah wednesday night hold on uh, we got to talk about nation going up to 65 oh yeah 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 let's talk about that nation looked huge but his legs looked really small and i can see why he's not a 65 just yet like I think he he's going to fill out. My problem is I don't know if he's going to compete past 21. I, I want to know. Like, I want to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But if he does, I think he's got a real shot at competing at this weight class. I mean, it was a really close matchup with McKenna until, the, until he kind of blew it open at the end there. But I think if he has a chance to really fill out his body, he could be a good size 65. And with that speed, you know, you never know what's going to happen because he's, he's so explosive and he's so fast. Um, it's just a it, right now it's a bad matchup with Joey McKenna. He stays in such good position and you can't open him up. I mean, Nation was throwing fake after fake after fake, and Joey didn't bite on one of them. He just kept his head down, kept his good positioning, and waited for Nation to make those mistakes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Joey's he's that's got I'm looking forward to that because Seth's uh well, I guess that's the next matchup, but uh, you know, just Joey being a fundamentally sound wrestler, uh Nation is I think it's going to be beneficial for Nation obviously at 65 you know going 57 it might take away some of his uh you know explosiveness not, not that it really did against uh you know at the flow RTC cup but uh he's just well, he was wrestling at 60 there yeah yeah he I mean that was obviously the weight allowance and further down you know it would not have benefited him very much but you know you're the size difference I saw a video of James Green and nation competing with each other and obviously one went up to 65 one went down and you can definitely see the size difference it just it kind of looked funny but you know i think nation's going to uh going to do well you know as he fills into the 65 kilogram spot for sure and he's already qualified for trial so if he he's going to be there regardless oh yeah dude i forgot about that yeah i mean because the 2018 world team so he's yeah i i watched that down in lehigh um so let's just get into the card tomorrow night, I guess. JB versus David Taylor. Um, you know, what was a match pulled from one card turned into another card happening four days later? Uh, Which I thought it would happen. I mean, they're not going to just throw one match on a card. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Got to think they were going to fill it out somewhere. And they kind of did pretty well, you know, adding, you know, high school and, uh, you know, the, the girls match. Dude, and- I'm so excited for this, actually. Like, I can't, I can't wait. I think they did a really nice job getting this put together. Let's, uh, let's dig into the uh, 116 pound match between Anthony Knox and Ben Davino. Yeah. So Anthony Knox is really good. He's an eighth grader. He took fourth at super 32 in the high school division. He lost to the champ kill carry and uh, Jess Roga for third. Um, Davino is currently ranked seventh in the country by flow and 10th by mass scouts. Um, he lost in the blood round at super 32 to Jess Roga as well. Um, the one, the one common opponent they have is Barrick Jordan from Ohio. Uh, he got, he majored um, Davino, or no, sorry, he beat Davino in the semis of Super 32. Or Jesus, what am I thinking? No, quarterfinals. There we go. Uh, so Jordan beat Davino in the quarterfinals of Super 32. And then on the backside, Anthony Knox majored Barrick Jordan in the Conti semis. So, I mean, transitive property would say Anthony Knox is probably going to control this, but I mean, transitive property always doesn't work in wrestling. So, yeah, true. So who are you going with, Anthony Knox? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's a hammer, man. He's going to be so good in the f- coming up. I'm excited to see him compete in high school. Yeah, I see him here. So the next match is a 117 between Sage Mortimer and Audrey Jimenez. Uh, yeah, so I, I knew I knew who Sage Mortimer were, was. Um, she made a cadet world team in 2019. Uh, she's She competed at who's number one against Mia Palumbo, mm-hmm. and she's won Fargo two, two or three times. Um, and when I saw Audrey Jimenez, I wasn't exactly sure who she was mainly cause she's still young. She, I think she, this is her freshman year in high school, 
she competes for Sunnyside, Arizona, where RBY and, uh, and Etchemendia competed in high school as well. She was a U15 Pan Am gold in 2019. And at the same tournament where Sage won cadet trials, she won U14 national title. So I'm excited to see how this goes. I don't, I've never seen Audrey Russell. I haven't had a chance to like watch any matches yet. Um, I'm so I'm probably going to stick with Sage in this one, uh, but I'm not sleeping on her. I think, I definitely think there's an opportunity for her to pull this out. Yeah. I watched uh, Sage. I think it was 2018. She caught my eye back in Fargo when she all American in the junior Greco, the boys division. Oh yes. I forgot about that. Oh my yeah, that, goodness. That kind of blew up. Yes, I, that was nuts. Yeah, so I obviously I kind of have followed her every time I see her name pop up and wherever she's at. So, I mean, I'm going to go with Sage as well, but I'm excited for that match. Um, the, the next, the third match of the night that's scheduled is 145 between Cody Chittum and Jordan Williams. Yeah, this is a this is a good this is a really good match they put together here. I I thought Jordan Williams looked pretty big at who's number one wrestling at 138. Um, I think it's nice that he, he was able to move up to 45 here. He's currently ranked third at 38 by, by Willie at Mass Scouts. Uh, Flo's got him ranked number two at 145 with Chittum being ranked number one. Uh, I think Willie has Chittum number two at 45 behind Joel Vandeveer. Um, this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be maybe outside of Jordan and David, the match of the night. I know it's only a high school match, but this is going to be this is going to be competitive. It's going to be electric, and I I'm excited to see how this hand fight goes because Cody Chittum is mean. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they they like to scrap, so it's that's going to be an awesome match. Um, you know, the number one is kind of up for grabs uh, as as far as the flow rankings go, so right. uh, it's going to be an awesome match to watch. And we saw we saw Williams and Vandeveer both at who's number one. They both lost to Jesse Mendez, but. Um, I, I, w- I, I wish that they would make that around Robin. I know why they don't, but I think if we would have had a chance to watch Williams and Vanderbilt wrestle, that would have been, that'd have been a lot of fun too. I agree. Yep. Um, so that was the third match. Um, going to the fourth match, back up to senior, uh, the senior level, 65 kilograms, Seth Gross versus Joey McKenna. So I got to ask, what's going on with, you know, Seth Gross? He's up and down. I mean, he, obviously he's a competitor, but um, he's going to go wrestle whoever, but you know, he's down at 57, not necessarily 57, but, you know, he wrestled Thomas Gilman a couple of weeks ago. Now he's wrestling Joey McKenna. Yeah, I, he is literally anywhere, anytime, anyway. He does not care. Yeah. And he just wants to compete and I love it. Um, unfortunately, I think he's a little in over his head here. Mm-hmm. I think, um, we, I mean, we just saw Seth lose to Nation at the RTC Cup. And obviously we saw what happened on Friday night with Nation and Joey. Um I think Seth Gross's style will be a little bit uh, better against Joey just because his, he's scrambly and he can make weird things happen. Um, but again, like I, I mentioned with Joey, like with against Nation, Joey is just so positionally sound. I'm not sure all the weird stuff's exactly going to work. So it's re- I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out. Um, I, I'm still going to take Joey probably with like a six or seven point victory here. I'm not going to say a tech because – um, you know, I just never know what's going to happen with Seth Gross's matches. Yeah, no, he I just has a way that. of pulling it out. Yeah, because Seth obviously he's a pretty crafty wrestler. I'm not going to say he's stylistically like Yanni, but like as far as you know, if somebody's in on his legs, that's half the battle. But yeah, Joey McKenna had the win over Yanni. Not that he figured him out, but he he's used to that kind of wrestling, I guess. And he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to get you know scored on as easy against Seth Gross as far as, you know, his craftiness. But uh, I'm thinking, my bias speaking, but I'm throwing that match with Yanni out. <laughs> yeah, no, I am too. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, it was it was there, and I guess they they wrestle a lot anyways. But, yeah, the, uh, I just – I think, yeah, like like you said, Joey McKenna, he's very good position. And uh, I don't think he's going to let Seth Gross score on him. Maybe as easy as sometimes he might. But then again, Joey McKenna is pretty tough. I'm, I was going to probably take him anyways. And uh, as you mentioned, I mean, Joey McKenna is starting to fill out to 65. You know, yeah. He, he's no, definitely well, going to have like, that. Go ahead. You know, you're good. Go ahead. I, I was going to say he's like the perfect size for 65. Yeah. I mean, like him him and Yanni are probably the, the most, 
you know, the ones that aren't cutting the weight to make to make it. I mean, Zane's huge. Ashnault's huge. I mean, James Green is gigantic. So, like, when you look at the small list of guys that make the team, it's 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 Zane, it's J.O., who's might be the biggest of all of them. It's James Green, it's Yanni, and then you can throw Joey in there for that win over Yanni. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at it, those two are the ones not cutting any weight. So, when you go to a two-day weigh-in, or even just day of scratch, like I think when it comes to that, they're they definitely have the more advantage in that situation. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, the fifth match is at two fifteen between Jaden Cox and Nate Jackson. Obviously, it's kind of a little catch weight. Jackson's at eighty six kilogram guy. Jaden he's bumping up the rest of Jaden Cox. But uh, is it a catch weight? I'm pretty sure this is above ninety seven. Is it ninety seven two thirteen? Yeah, it's a. <laughs> yeah, he's just bumping up but yeah you know he's just bumping straight up like that's 215 i mean i don't know if Jaden can you know get down to 97 obviously well whatever right now but um but well, 97 the, i mean it's only two pounds yeah it's it's only two pounds but um yeah, like similar to seth gross nate jackson he's just a gamer he's yeah, wrestled sure. a lot in the last four to five months um you know you said he's a madman and uh he is he's a dude who competes against anybody yeah i mean he's going up to wrestle Jaden cox up an entire weight class. I mean, it's not, I mean, like I love Nate Jackson. I respect him, but he's not Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs is going up a whole weight class, wrestle world champ. Yeah. He's I, a five-time world champion. Nate Jackson, I don't believe he's made a national team. I don't believe so either. And he, and he's bumping up against a two-time world champ, four-time world medalist. <laughs> yeah. And that's not, that's not the same thing. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, as, as Gant said, um, there ain't no weight in the wild. So, uh, you know, I, I like I like the fact that people are stepping up and you know, you know, bumping up, doing what they're doing to wrestle. Right. Uh, but I'm glad we saw Jaden over the weekend. Seems like it's been a while since we've seen him. Um, though, you know, I think the explosiveness and gains that Nay has made in the last four to five months competing on all these cards, it's not going to be enough to wrestle or to to wrestle with. Uh, you know, probably to be competitive against Jaden. But Jaden's just so you know athletic, and uh, his offense is just fun. Like. I'm I'm excited to watch Jaden and, and Snyder wrestle. Um dude, I cannot wait for that match. That's gonna be I I'm not ready to make a pick, but that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. So just to see another match but uh Jaden Cox, you know, doing what he does, it's gonna be you know awesome to watch tomorrow night. But I mean I'm I've of course I'm taking Jaden Cox all the way, but you know, it's it'll be a fun match to see. And our final match of the night is at 86 kilograms. Jordan Burroughs is bumping up to wrestle David Taylor. You know, I don't need to, you know, introduce these guys, but, you know, what do you think about this match? I don't know. I texted my group earlier, and I was like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing here. Who are we taking? And, I mean, the the consensus is obviously David Taylor, but how do you pick against Jordan Burroughs? Like, how how does any conscious person pick against Jordan Burroughs? I don't know. Like, I'm a Kyle Dake fan, and I'm probably going to pick Kyle Dake, but that's because I'm biased. Like, I don't want to pick against Jordan Burroughs. Well, I mean, I, I'm also picking David Taylor in this match. But as you mentioned, it's so hard to pick against Burroughs. I mean, he's got that, you know, gamer in him where he's – it doesn't matter. You know, he's just going to step up. I think Dake said between this match, he thinks it's going to come down to the final sprint. I really – it might just depend on uh, Jordan Burroughs pulling his sock up, you know, in the last 20 seconds to, <laughs> to win. But, you know, this match is going to be awesome. It's I think they wrestled the last, what, 2015? 14 14 yeah it was a 14 trials because then in 15 kyle beat david taylor and the trial and the trailers challenge finals i believe or did they wrestle in senior yeah yeah you might be right yeah because burroughs burroughs medaled in 14 and he wouldn't have had to wrestle the u.s open so true i think and i know burroughs last time he wrestled u.s open was against david taylor and he said i'm not doing this no more because these young guys are catching up they're starting to figure it out so they he didn't want to give any more reps against him so yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm excited to watch that match. It's going to be explosiveness. It's probably one of the biggest matches that you know we've seen in I don't know a few years. I would imagine. When was the last time you saw world champ versus world champ? Yeah, it's, it's domestically it's it's you know one of the biggest matches. Um, I don't know. David Taylor. Honestly, what's when I think of it analytically, like I look at Burroughs's match with Zahid, and in the beginning. Burroughs was really struggling with that weight. Like he wasn't able to finish the shots. Zahid was doing a nice job of keeping his motion and moving. 
the 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 pace is what won him that match. You know what I mean? Like right. Zahid collapsed in the second period. David Taylor is not collapsing in the second period. No. So yeah. I mean, I think I got to go with David Taylor in the match just be, based on that alone. Pushing that weight around is not easy, especially with somebody who knows how to use the weight. I mean, Zahid's also just moving up to 86. He's been wrestling 74, 174 in college. So he he hasn't. I don't think he's been able to figure out how to use that weight yet. David Taylor's been really good gassing people out, pulling on their heads, making their necks sore, and scoring points in the second period. And I just think that's got to be the, what's going to happen here. I don't think I he's going to blow him out by any means, but I, I think that's what's going to end up going on. Yeah, so you can head on over to Flow, uh, Flow Wrestling to check out that. If you have an account, head over and watch that match. It's going to be on tomorrow night. I'm excited for that. If you uh, don't have an account, get one tomorrow night so they can keep putting these cards on. Yeah, for sure. You know, support them. You know, they uh, the competitiveness between – Rockfin, uh, the cards that they've been doing, and then as well as Flow Wrestling, like they're kind of like they've got to grow. Each have got to grow bigger, you know, as they've got competitors in the even track wrestling. I guess Iowa had their track wrestling. Not that they're putting out events all the time, but I like the uh, wrestling's definitely evolved this last five, six, seven months as far as com- competitions go. And, uh, you know, it does, you have to be the supporter. You know, I've got a Rockfin account. You, I got a Flow account. I'm, yep. you know, it's awesome to see. So let's uh head on over to France, talk about some freestyle stuff. Go Dude, ahead. I cannot wait for this event. This is going to be so much fun, man. I can't, I, I can't even fathom. It's going to suck waking up at 4.30 in the morning, but somebody's got to do it. And That's true. I'm, I'm doing it. All right. Uh, starting off at 57 kilos. If we just stick to America, you got Vito Rujao. Nick Suriano and Thomas Gilman in the same bracket. Please give me all three of them hitting somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see all three of those matches. I want to see Vito and Gilman. I want to see Suriano and Gilman. I want to see Vito and Suriano again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the international competition is just as strong here. Um, you got Amir Slanov from Azerbaijan, junior world champ, two-time Euro medalist. He also, who also has a win over Stefan Micic, nine to one at the World Cup. I believe it was World Cup. Maybe not. It might have been Euros. But he does. He has a win over Stefan Micic. Then you got um, Adir Shvili from Azerbaijan as well. You got to think this got to have, this might have some implications for their Olympic team. Um, he's a two time Euro gold. He's one and one with Thomas Gilman. Uh, he beat Gilman at the 2018 World Cup, uh, eight seven, I believe it was. And then Gilman got revenge on him in the um, 2018 World Championships. He ended up winning 4-0 in that match. So that's that. He's really good. Um, then you got Ortega from Cuba, who's also one-on-one with Gilman. Gilman actually beat him in the semis of the Pan Am qualifier for the Olympic Games this year. So that win actually qualified our weight class for the Olympics. And then, actually, I think that that kind of rounds out 57. There's those those guys, in my opinion. Are, are the contenders for medals at this at the Henry Degley this weekend? Yeah, so I'm I'm obviously excited to watch Gilman. Uh, we saw him against Seth Gross, but we haven't seen Suriano in a while. He's kind of an outlier, you know. It's he's uh, training down in I believe he's down in Arizona State with Perry, right? Yeah, that, yep, he's on with Perry right now. He's kind of an interesting uh, wrestler to follow. So Vito's got to win over him. What in the last year? What turn was that? Uh, it was the it was the U.S. Open, I believe, in 2019. 2019 in December. Yeah. Uh, it was the Olympic qualifier. He beat him on the front side. They were yep. supposed to meet again for third, but Soriano ended up uh, forfeiting it out, so we don't end up taking third. So that covers 57. Um, you know, who are you picking? Who am I going to pick? Um, I would have to be safe and pick Gilman. I mean, I I it may I want to pick Vito. He's got the, uh, but I don't know. His offense is obviously there. Um, I don't know. Here, here's my, here, let me, let me plead my case. All right. right. Again, I'm biased, but I think I'm being somewhat realistic too. Vito's beaten Suriano. We haven't seen Suriano since Vito's beaten him. Right. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't competed since the 2019 no. U.S. Open. Yeah. And Gilman just lost to Seth Gross. Yeah. I'm not saying transitive property or anything like that, but when you look at the matchup, Vito just doesn't stop moving. He's got a, the most versatile offense, maybe outside of Spencer. 
I think he can get to Gilman's legs and he's going to be able to finish those shots. And I think if he just stays offensive, he's going to get, he's, he's going to win that match. I, and I, I think he can control it to be honest. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, if he can avoid the get out of the hand fight and, and stay in space and uh, create opportunities for himself, I I'm picking him. I think he's going to beat Gilman. I well, I'm more worried with, with Vito. I'm more worried about like a date and fix kind of somebody who's, whose defense is just impeccable. True. Yeah. I mean, I'm and, a, and he struggles on, on bottom. I'm an Iowa fan and I'm salty that Gilman left. So I'm going to be picking Vito as well. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Uh, 61 kilograms. Uh, you have Joe Cologne. Yep. So Joe Cologne, obviously world medalist in 2018. And then we got Becca Lantazzi from uh, Georgia. It was a world silver. Um, those are the only two that I know going, the, the non-Olympic weights are pretty shallow here. Um, I think 61, I only marked because it's a couple world medalists could be competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, if they both, if they both meet, um, that should be a fun match. I'd probably have to stick with Lamtazi. He's really good. Um, but I, I could see Joe, I could see Joe pulling that one out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of nice to see Joe at 61 cause 57 might be kind of a cut for him, but uh, I still want to yeah. see it. I mean, have we have we seen him make 57 yet? Uh, that's a good question, to be honest with you. I, I just he's one of those guys that are you know betweeners, and yeah, for sure. You know, it's obviously it's good to see him. At least. I want to see him against our top 57 kilo guys, I and mean, we've seen him against Seth Gross, you know, because they were both at 61. But I've never seen him wrestle a Suriano or a Gilman or Dayton or Spencer or anybody like that. Like I'd like to see him compete against those guys and see where he's at at the 57 ladder. Yeah. Um, same here. So 65 kilograms. We've got a loaded weight. Dude, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, so you got Godzia from Poland. He's a two-time world medalist. Um, obviously James Green's a two-time world medalist. Uh, Green and Godzia have me, met at the 2019 world championships. Um, it was a crazy match. Green was up 3-1 with about a minute to go. Keeping good position. I mean, nobody was really looking for offense at this point. They were both hand fighting really hard, and the rest put ended up putting them on the clock. Gave up a point for that. And then with seven seconds left, gave up a – I don't, I don't want to call it a lazy takedown, but I could see I've got it on his leg, and he, he had like a shallow shin wizard. It kind of – it seemed like he tried to like get the edge to help him get out of the takedown. Mm-hmm. And he ended up giving up. I mean, edge takedowns and freestyle, they they call them so liberally. They just give them away for free for sometimes. And that was kind of one of those situations that kind of gave him a takedown that may or may not have been on the edge. Um, but we've seen that a lot recently with edge takedowns getting given up easily. Um, so Gadzia ended up winning that match 4-3 uh, because they challenged it, but really 3-3 three, three in criteria. And then we got Kanjikashvili from Georgia, two-time World Olympic champion. We saw him wrestle Yanni back at Beat the Streets. Uh, he ended up beating Yanni 6-6. He also ended, he also wrestled uh, Jaden Ironman on the Iowa card, and he actually lost to Ironman. I believe it was 4-1. Um, Ironman hit him a couple of nice double legs. They were the beautiful. Period. Yep. It was, that was unreal. Um, then you got Valdez Torbier from, court, uh, from Cuba, two-time world medalist. Um, he beat – I believe he beat Zane at the world championships last year. Um, knocking Zane out of the tournament. Um, and then we got Yanni. I mean, what else I got to say about Yanni? Two-time cadet world champion. It's weird to say that's his currently most used yeah. international result. Um, because obviously we all know he's much better than a two-time cadet world champ. Mm-hmm. But that right now is his his criteria. Yeah, I mean, looking at that as well, I, I was just thinking to myself, wow, like two-time world cadet champ is pretty damn good. But that's just, just only – uh, credentials right now on the you know freestyle circuit but you know i'm excited he's obviously he's right there with those top guys in the world um for sure who are you gonna um, take i mean i will never go into a competition that yanni diakmahalas is wrestling and decide you know what the other guy is gonna win i just don't see i i never believe he's gonna lose i mean he went and wrestled kanjikashvili i was like this isn't gonna be close i mean that's not true i thought it would be close but yeah. i thought yanni was gonna win and it ended up being six six criteria but um, it was a really good, fun match to watch, and I'm excited to see him compete again. I need to see Green and Gadzia wrestle at some point in this weekend because mm-hmm. I need I want to see Green get that match back. Um, I'm going to pick Yanni to win the tournament um, and just kind of further prove that he's better than Zane. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched Gianni uh, compete at the Beat the Streets. What event? Two night, 2019. Um, was or two, yeah, 2019. I was uh, living down. Yeah, just north of New York City, and uh, I went down, watched Gianni take on Bajerang, and oh my gosh, what an incredible match that was! And you know, it was just so much fun. Hulu Theater was just, you know, it was erupted. You know, USA chance and whatnot. Uh, I just, I'm gonna pick Gianni as well. Uh, I like the dude, you know, he's a great guy. His dad travels all the time, you know, competes. I think he was down North Carolina. No, they're, yeah. they're a good family. I, uh, I'm a big Yanni fan and I'm, that's who I'm picking. So my ideal semis is Gadziev and green and Kinjikishvili and Yanni Yes. with Yanni and green. And actually I kind of don't worry. I'm not going to pick green to lose, but like, I'd like to not see Yanni and green Russell for the third time in two weeks. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see him wrestle Kinjikishvili and then Gadziev or even Valdez Torbier, but I think the top four are going to be Yanni, Kajikasvili, Green, and Gadziev. Uh, nice. Um, so that kind of covers 65. You know, it's a loaded weight. I'm excited for it. 74 kilograms, another Spartan RTC guy, Kid Dynamite, Kyle Dake. He's uh, he's one of the guys mentioned. Who else you got? So we got um, Kent Chadzi from Georgia. Now, I've been wrong about this guy a couple of times now. I thought this is the guy who's wrestled Jordan Burroughs a few times and given him fits at world championships. But it seems that I'm wrong. But he is currently ranked 11th in the world. He has some really good wins. He's beaten uh, Kadi Megamedov from Russia. Um, well, let's see, beaten. He lost a close match to Sitikov in 2019. He lost 5-3. Um, and he has a win over uh, Kazimirad Gaziev, which is uh, also an Azerbaijan. He's he's a former um, world medalist. Those are kind of his good wins that I that I'm seeing right here. But he's really tough. Um, and then you got I mean I mentioned Gaziev. He's also there. So those three are kind of the 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 top three that I see. I don't see any way Kyle loses to any of these guys. Oh no. But I, I think if if I have to pick a final, it's probably Kyle and Kinchadzi, obviously given the the way the bracket gets drawn out. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Kyle as well. Um, <clears throat> obviously, he's one of the top guys. He was returning champ at 79 kilograms, world champ, going down to 74. You know, this is gonna be obviously I'm picking Yanni or picking Kyle over Burroughs. So uh, you know, I'm a Kyle fan. Uh, I think 74 is his weight for 2021, and uh, I'm gonna pick him here. So. I agree. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him wrestle scratch again. I mean, this is plus two. I'd like to see Kyle wrestle scratch 74 before trials. I don't think we're going to get to see it. Um, I don't think it'll make a big difference. Everybody thinks he's oh so big, but I, I believe he walks around at like 180. Yeah, if that, right? I mean, yeah, if that, right? I mean, yeah. he struggled. I mean, he, he, I, there was one point, I think last year, he was like almost a kilo or two under for uh, Final X um, in 2019. So, uh, I could see, I can see him being fine at 74, but just because everybody's like, oh, he's so big, I'd like to see him make it and just kind of shut everybody up. Yeah. I Not agree. that he cares what people are saying. Yeah. He don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking in, I'm walking barefoot around the uh, yard and, and catching that sunlight too. So I'm believing in whatever he's doing. Hey, somebody called me out because I was all in on this solar, solar callus thing. Yeah. All right. I'm like, I'm going to go get some sun. I'm <laughs> never going to get sunburnt again. And everybody's like, dude. It's called a tan. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? It's, no, it, it's a solar callus. We got in a big argument. I'm pretty sure they're right. It's just a tan. Kyle just wants to make shit sound smart. smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I'm i all in on what he does. And uh, um, it's just kind of funny, especially the banner he has with JB. But we'll uh, save that for another day. Um, right. <laughs> too much Too much to get into on that one. But uh, 86 kilograms. Uh, go ahead. So we got Zahid. Everybody knows Zahid, two-time NCAA champ. Yep. Uh, Reichmuth, he was a world medalist. Akbarov, three-time age-level world medalist from Azerbaijan. He's really tough. And Marzagashvili from Georgia. He's a 2012 Olympic bronze. I believe he was also Olympic silver in 2011. He hasn't had that eight, the the world results recently, but I mean he's really he's still really tough. He can give uh, Zahid a good a couple good matches here. Yeah. So. Uh... Obviously, with Taylor's car or a match being pulled on the Saturday card, he was supposed to be traveling to France as well, right? 
Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to travel, and I, I think because he was contact traced, he's not able to fly out of country right for 14 days or whatever it is. So he's not able to go to France. Um, so it's just it's just gonna be Zahid now. So obviously, Zahid's the seventh in the uh, world, uh, ranked seventh in the world. Who do you uh about? I mean, who do you have in this match or in this uh, weight rather? You know, it, to kind of get myself out of my bias, like I want to pick Zahid, obviously. Yeah, same. Um. I just I really like Marcus Kefili. I think he I think he I think he's gonna win this tournament. Um, I can see Akbaro pulling it out, but um, I think I'm gonna go with Marcus Kefili. Yeah, um, I just it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, I mean, Zahid's obviously one of the you know he's up there, but he doesn't have that. I don't know. He might not have that freestyle or the foreign you know experience necessarily. Well, he, he did win Matteo Pelicone last year. Right. Yeah. He was. Over that was his last Aaron. international commission competition. Yeah. Yeah. That was his last one. Um, I don't know who I'm picking here. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll just go with the heat as a USA, USA guy. And I don't, I guess necessarily cover, or I don't follow. I shouldn't say I don't follow freestyle as much, but I don't have an, as much experience with these guys as I do as a heat. So, um, that's that for 86 kilograms. 97, we've got Kyle Snyder and Sharif off of Azerbaijan. Dude, I can't – I need to see this match. I need this to happen. Sharifov is one of the only dudes who can claim they have a win over Kale Sanderson, Kyle Snyder, and Jaden Cox. Yeah. Like, that's unreal. Yeah, this dude's been around. Right. That's unreal. Uh, I know he won Worlds in 2011 when Kale came out of retirement for that right. one tournament. Um, and obviously beat Kyle Snyder last year in the world semis. Um, I need yeah. this match to happen and I need it to happen now. Yeah. So give me Captain America. Exactly. Captain America. I'm, uh, I was upset about that loss, obviously last year as anybody would, but, um, yeah, Snyder, you know, a little bit of more offense. I don't know about the, uh, what do you think about his move to Penn state and like, has he been a different wrestler? Do you think? Um, We've only seen him wrestle like a few minutes, right? I mean, he went to right. the the U.S. Nationals where he was wrestling Kyvan, and Kyvan actually before he got hurt took him down and looked like yeah. he was kind of controlling the match. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of chalked that up to like Kyle's trying new things that he's learning at Nittany Lion. I agree. Right? I mean, you can see his footwork's a little bit different, um, just in that short time that we saw him at saw him at the U.S. Nationals. So um, I I think it's gonna be good for him. I was listening to uh, Chenzo on Bosch Mania, and he was saying how he, he, he's just coming in and just wants to learn. He's just asking questions. So, I mean, it, it's kind of – it's nice to see a three-time world champion come in and say, hey, teach me more. <laughs> yeah, I caught that as well, and I thought, you know, I thought highly of, you know, Snyder. I mean, I, I still, I guess, you know, think highly of Gilman as well, but, you know, they're just expanding on their craft. And, uh, you know, obviously Snyder, Snyder's going to look a little different um, trying some of these new things, but, you know, it's going to – after a while, it's – it's going to be very beneficial for him and he's going to do what he does. And that's, you know, pick up world titles, hopefully. Uh, 125 kilograms. Go ahead. So we got Gino Petriashvili of Georgia and Nick Wisdowski of America. They're the really only two guys who with, with notable, notable results in the bracket. Um, Petriashvili is a three-time world champ, six-time world medalist. And if your name's not Taha Agul, yeah, I'm not picking you to beat him. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure his six world medals are because three of them, all three of his losses are to Hakuagul. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm taking Gino, and, yeah. and I love Gwiz, um, but, I mean, he just lost to Paris. I'm mean, granted, it was his second time wrestling him in a weekend, but he lost to Paris, lost to Gable. I'm picking Gino. Yeah, I'm going to be picking Gino as well. I'm, a, of course, New York guy. He's, I'm a big Gwiz fan. I've got his uh, fat head from the final X down in Lehigh a few years ago. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, I've got it behind me. So, uh, you know, I'm a big Wiz fan. Him and I share a passion for Stewart's, you know, Stewart shops. Okay. Northern New York thing. You know, he likes the, the deli dogs. So don't I. But uh, I've got to go with Gino. Um, he's he's the man for a reason. And obviously those three ti- three world titles and you know, six world medalists. Gwiz is just like maybe on tier two in the world, you know, He's floating at bronze area, and those top two guys are just, you know, they're good. But Yeah, for sure. I mean, Taha and, and Gino are just another level. But I, I would like to see G, 
was take another crack at Gino just to, uh, you know, make that trip over there that much better. You know, you're going to get better wrestling those good guys. And he's not afraid to, of, of that kind of competition. I mean, I give him credit. He was the only RTC or a uh, big guy for Spart or uh, Wolfpack's wrestling club in the RTC duel or cup rather. Um, you know, he, he wrestled against Gabe. He wrestled against Mer Mason twice. You know, he steps up and I, uh, I hope that he gets a crack at Gino, but uh, yeah, for sure. So our women's team, um, we've got a lot of girls wrestling that over there. Kelsey, Dude, I'm excited. I hope some of these guys hit. Yeah, quick, quick rundown on that. Let's let's hear it. All right, so 50 kilos. We got Sarah Hildebrandt, obviously world silver medalist. Uh, Amy Fernside, 53. We got Jakara Winchester, world champion. 57. Helen Marulis doesn't need an introduction. Uh, Lauren Louvet, I believe she was she won senior nationals this past summer or in October. Could be wrong about that. I know she, uh, she, she's been really tough, having some pretty good results recently. Uh, Kayla Miracle and Macy Kilty. I need those two to wrestle. Macy's young and up and coming, and I think she's going to I think she's gonna threaten Miracle here. Um, I don't think she's going to win yet. I don't think she's quite there to win that match, but I'm excited to kind of see how that goes. And obviously, Tamara Mensa Stock, just beat Adeline Gray, five-time world champion. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Forrest Molinari and Victoria Francis, all at 68 kilos. Um, I would love to see a Tamara and Forrest match before trials. I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, I'm going to pick Tamara, but Forrest has to be my second favorite female wrestler in the country. She just has so much energy. She's always fired up. I love what she brings to the table. Yep. And uh, I just need to see her get all excited and drop an F-bomb on flow again. Oh, my gosh. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> That's why she's one of my top wrestlers. I mean, for sure. <laughs> I don't give a damn. But, you know, I uh, I was a little upset when they the girls left Iowa because, you know, I was, I'm a big Forest fan after those interviews. But um, I agree. We've got a, a lot of girls that are, you know, at the same weight as some of their teammates. And hopefully some of those girls wrestle each other and, you know, figure things out over in France. Um, I will be dismissed if I didn't say we had uh, 12 other Greco guys for a total of, I think, 33 guys traveling over or guys and girls traveling over to France. Um, I don't have the name for the 12 other Greco guys, but, you know, we do have a good contingent going over to France for Team United States. Well, I could pull them up real quick. Give them a little airtime. Here we go. We got 60 kilos, Thomas Hicks. 63 kilos, Colton Rash and Devin Hester. 67 kilos, Jamal Johnson and Raymond Bunker. 77 kilos, Pat Smith and Peyton Walsh. 82 kilos, John Stefanowicz. 87 kilos, Terrence Zaleski, Vaughn Monrell Burner, Joel Navarre. And then at 97 kilos, we got Daniel Miller. I hate to admit it, but I don't know a ton about Greco-Roman. I do watch it when it's on. Um I just don't know enough about the ins and outs of the hand fight that they're doing to really understand what's going on. Um, obviously, I know how to. I can. I know how, when they're throwing somebody, it's easy to know. Hey, he just threw that guy. Yeah. But when you get to that high level Greco, it's kind of it's it's. I don't want to say boring, but. Yeah, it's it's different. one it's one 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 zero, and until they get to the mat, when somebody gets placed down, it's it's, it's hard to know what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean it's different, but. You know, good luck to those guys that are going over there. You know, for sure. I obviously, if it's on, I'm going to follow it. But uh, it's uh, some of those guys, I guess, aren't you know, household household names in America as far as wrestling goes. Right. And I heard, I heard that the IOC is looking at Greco to get that to remove them from the Olympics in I 2028. Hey, I hope not. No, I don't. I don't either. I mean. Yeah, I, I just I hope not for you know our guys' sake. We've got some good Greco guys. Obviously, some of those guys are some of our top guys aren't traveling over to uh, France, but you know. Right. I need I need Kamal Bay to just compete all the time. Yeah. Kamal Bay was the only guy I had to watch wrestle Greco. I would watch all day every day. Yeah, that dude Hancock's is just tough. electric. I love watching Geo Hancock. Oh, um, oh my god, dude, Geo Hancock is great. When they put that match together with Geo Hancock and the the guy from Cuba, I can't remember his name. Um, oh yeah, I was like, what are they thinking? Like, put two of the, put these two guys against two guys a little below the rung. If you want, if you want to promote Greco wrestling, you got to get people interested in the 
in the fun part of it, right? We all love freestyle wrestling because we understand what's going on. We know the potential of the excitement that we can get, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of America doesn't know the potential that you can get with Greco-Roman wrestling. Throw throw on Fargo Greco, right? You're going to see some crazy throws because you got high level Kamal Bay against some high school guys that don't really know how to defend uh, a a wizard or not a wizard, Jesus, uh, a collar tie, right? Or an arm drag. Right. If you throw on somebody like Gio, Gino Hancock to throw somebody around the mat for a minute and do some fun stuff, somebody's going to say, oh, my God, that was awesome. I need to watch some more Greco. And I think that's one thing that we, we messed up. We try to get these high level matchups with Greco and they end up being kind of boring because they're just kind of hand fighting and hand fighting and hand fighting and hand fighting. And finally, someone goes down and they get gutted four times and it's over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Right. Like we need to get we need to get some more excitement and make make it exciting so i mean I, what what chael do chael had a had a um a greco match in the cage and it almost looked fixed it I, almost I looked like they tried to oversell the throws but tell you what it was a lot more fun than any other greco match i've watched in a while it's true i mean i i was thinking the same thing i was going to bring that up the the cage match um was it provisor yeah or, yeah ben provisor yep yeah so yeah it, it looks kind of staged like um yeah the, the throws and i don't know i I think maybe Flo or Piles might have mentioned it on uh, Flow Radio Live. That... He said, it, "I think he said it right too, Chael, didn't he?" <laughs> yeah, he might have. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely probably would have coming uh, since it's Chael and all. But you know, Chael just said, "You know, it's it's what the fans like." But yeah, I mean, it was exciting and it obviously drew some fans. But the G uh, Hancock, he wrestled the uh, Alan Vera. That's who that. Yes, uh, yes, yes. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, no, he's great, but he was just a little small to wrestle Hancock. Right. I mean, they looked like they were uncle and nephew wrestling around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give me Cabal Bay versus Jesse Porter. Shout out New York. Shout out Shen. Dude, every time. Yeah, they every time. they just brawl every time. Yeah. I love it. Um, so that's pretty much the coverage for France. Yeah, women's freestyles Friday at 4 30 a.m. And then you got men's freestyle Saturday and Greco Sunday, which is nice. It's all in one day. Like you don't have to wait for the next day for the finals. So like you start watching at 430 and watch all the way through. I mean, I'll be up at 430. I go to work at eight, but then I'm going to put it on my computer at work. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So is there anything else you'd like to cover for um, this past weekend and and, uh, anything that's you'd like to cover for this upcoming week? No, I'm just excited to watch some wrestling, man. Yeah. I love freestyle wrestling. I'm so glad we got some stuff back. COVID's put us in a freaking hole where we haven't been able to watch any fun international wrestling. So I'm excited to see some world medalists clash. Yeah. So great wrestling to come next week. I hope you all tune in and we'll be back early next week with another weekly recap. Oh, I heard, um, real quick, uh, Henry DeGlan, I believe is getting streamed on flow now. Oh, really? I believe. Yes. Yeah. It's gonna be live on flow. It wasn't originally, I don't know what changed. They must've found a way to get it, but it will be live on flow. So you can watch it with your subscription. So get a flow count and get a subscription and watch some uh, solid wrestling. Again, we got a flow card t- tomorrow night, Taylor versus Burroughs. Um, and then Friday and Saturday, we have our freestyle action going on over in France. And that's a wrap for episode four. Man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Zach and I will be back next week, uh, recapping week three of the college season and giving a little recap of the freestyle action as well. You can head on over to Twitter and follow More Wrestling. That's at More Wrestling. Uh, we'll be giving updates and uh, you know, retweeting some of the college news that's going on. Thanks for listening. Peace.